Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. This morning's reading can be found on page 1037 in the Church Bibles, taken from Luke chapter 8, reading verses 22 to 25, page 1037. Jesus calms the storm. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Hi friends, do keep those Bibles open there at that passage if you may. And let's pray and ask God for his help now. Our Father in heaven, as we open up your word, please help us to be people who listen carefully, who take that word and hear it and believe it and then put it into practice. As we consider this story of the Lord Jesus in his power and authority. Might our faith in him increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When are the moments for you in life which seem out of control? How do you cope in those moments? It can be hard, can't it, when life seems out of control? The world seems... Uh, chaotic sometimes. Things happen which are no one's fault uh, but are scary or sad or really hard to endure. The most obvious things are natural disasters. This terrible earthquake in, uh, in Turkey and Syria, so many have died, so many have lost loved ones. The death toll this morning when I checked it was 46,000 people. Uh, I was reading about one child who was rescued and his whole family had died around him. It just broke my heart to see that. But it's not unusual though, is it? Another time it could have been stories of floods, like in Pakistan last year, or drought, or famine, even volcanoes. The natural world is chaotic, unless we forget the pandemic too. But things also happen on a local, more personal level, don't they? Like a house fire. It doesn't affect lots of people, but for one family, it's a disaster. You know, we know people who've had fires, lost all their possessions. No one predicted that. Or car accidents, sometimes they are someone's fault, but very often they're just things that happen out of control. Or stuff breaking. You know, it's part of the chaos of this world, isn't it? Uh, the boiler goes at just the wrong time. 
and there's a cost to repair it. Or you drop your phone and it breaks and you have to deal with it. It's so frustrating. There's just, I mean, there's so many things, aren't there? Part of this chaotic world, um, things maybe not necessarily you'd associate with nature, just things that make life hard. Maybe you run a business and circumstances change and uh, costs rise, income falls, and suddenly you go bust. All those jobs are lost. Or those of you, some of you, you randomly missed your exams, didn't you? And now you've just got to live with that. Or maybe uh, for some of us, it's how the kids behave, how they grow up. We, we try to parent them well, but much of it is just down to nature. It's really tough being in those sorts of situations, isn't it? But we also have to deal with the worry of those situations. You know, the possibility of it. So, you know, we want to, we, we're worried about those things happening, and so we try to take steps to protect ourselves. We plan as much as we can. Personally, I'm a big planner. I want to have things under control. And so what do we do? Well, we make sure our finances are solid. We're able to cope with some wobbles. Having savings generally protect us from most things that that might affect us. And we get all the right insurance policies in place. And then we can say, well, it probably won't happen. But if it does, we'll probably be fine. But the nagging doubt remains, doesn't it? What if it does happen? What if it is really bad? What if it isn't fine? And for some, it gets to the point where where you can't even sleep with the worry of it. But hey, we're Christians. Where's our faith? Well, our faith's there, isn't it? It's normally there when when things are under control. We're sort of happily assenting to what we believe. But when things do go a bit mad, it's a different story. Maybe we start to panic. We forget about God. Aren't those the times when we stop reading our Bible, stop praying, stop uh, turning to Him? Under stress, uh, we do things that we wouldn't expect. Some with financial worries start gambling. Some start drinking heavily, anger appears, foul language pops out. I don't normally have arguments, but during the pandemic, the stress of it all, arguments happened. We disobey God, we ignore the teaching of Jesus, some even turn against God. If he's let this happen, then I'm not interested in him. Have you ever felt that sort of thing? You ever seen others react in that sort of way when, when life seems out of control? Well, today our aim is to see how knowing who Jesus is can help us in the chaos. Seeing that He is Lord, we can trust Him in those moments and we can keep to His teaching even when it's hard. So, to our story for today, it's a short one, Uh, so we've just got one point, it's this, the creator is calm in the chaos. The creator is calm in the chaos. We're in Luke 8, back on page 1037. If you were here last week, you remember that in Luke 8, it starts with Jesus traveling and he's proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God and large crowds are coming to hear him. They're gathering around him. And so as he's teaching, he's called for people to be careful 
in their listening, believing it, sticking with it, and putting it into practice. But we ended with the question, why should we listen? Why should we trust in His teaching? Next, Jesus takes His disciples into three very intense situations. He takes them up a level in their discipleship, as it were. And fear is a theme that runs throughout these. There's the prospect of death, very real in these three incidents. But what Jesus shows them throughout them is the calm power of His words. And that's why we should trust and obey what He says. So, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. This is all very ordinary. Uh, Everyone knows the Sea of Galilee around there. You know, it's a big lake near where they lived. They've probably all been out on the sea before. Great for getting around for travel. And some of them, like Peter, were fishermen. So they'd be completely at ease on this lake. No drama yet. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Again, to them, this is quite ordinary. As far as they were aware, Jesus is a normal human who, like them, after a full-on day, needs a nap. But then, a squall came down on the lake, so the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. Squalls, an interesting word. I don't think it's a word I've ever used in any other setting apart from in this passage. Uh, The word here, in in both Greek and English, implies not just a storm, but a whirlwind, like a tornado kind of storm. And so you can imagine it, uh, this this coming in and it whipping up the seas. And the waves start rising and falling and crashing over the disciples in the boat. And storms on water can be powerful and terrifying things, can't they? Some here will have first-hand experience of being in a storm on the water Uh, Stephen's been telling me about his time in the Navy and what it was like for him. I've been watching uh, uh, clips as well on YouTube of storms. I saw one this week of the Coast Guard trying to rescue this boat that was in trouble on the storm. Not a tiny boat, like a reasonable sized boat. And, uh, and, And they were in trouble, the waves were huge. And then suddenly this wave got this boat sideways on and it just flipped over. Terrifying to see. I saw another of um, someone in a... um, at the front of a, uh, a ferry, one of these sort of Atlantic um, um, North Sea crossings, and, uh, and the waves were crashing into the windows, and then all of a sudden, the window shattered, and the waves came flooding in. Terrifying to be in a storm on the sea. You see, the power of the wind and the waves is incredible. These little humans in a boat being tossed around, they're powerless to do anything. They're trying to bail out the water, but really they just need to wait for it to stop. Yet Jesus is sleeping, and it's a little more remarkable now, isn't it? How could he have been so tired? Or maybe how could he be so calm? Verse 24, the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. I don't know what they expected, but they might as well wake him, see if he's got any instructions, see if he's got any last words. 
he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Many of us have heard this plenty of times. So we might downplay how remarkable this is. For those of us who've read the Gospels before, we have to keep trying to imagine it, to put ourselves there and to see it afresh. For some, though, this might be the first time you've come across this. We had a great time the other day in Christianity Explored uh, considering this story. It is astonishing. He wakes up. He stands up in the middle of the boat with his 12 friends around, panicking thinking these are their very last moments, and, and some are sobbing, and some are, some are still trying to bail the water out. And outside the boat, the wind and the waves are going wild. The rain is lashing down. These huge waves are looming over them. And Jesus calmly just looks round at it all, and then he speaks out to the wind and the waves. And not just speaking, he, he rebukes them. He tells them off for their behavior. Sometimes you see gardeners talking to their plants, don't you? And it's endearing. You might see someone talking to a tree and you think that's a little bit odd. You see someone shouting into a storm and you worry they've gone mad. Humans are created beings. We can talk to each other and to some extent with animals, but we can't talk to nature. Who on earth is it who presumes to be able to rebuke the winds and the waves? Well, the craziest thing of all, it actually works. The storm subsided and all was calm. And that's not how storms stop, is it? They calm down over a while. The energy in the waves takes time to dissipate. And, but here, in an instant, they obey Jesus. And we can imagine the sun comes out. And you can see again. The water is still and glistening in each direction. And you can, you can see the shore and the hills beyond. And the boat, with all of them safely inside, just rests. Bobbing gently on the water. Can you imagine being in that boat. And then Jesus says to them, where is your faith? They don't answer him. They turn to each other. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Well, as we reflect on this, maybe the first thing to ask is, what's the answer to their question? Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Already in Luke, we've seen Jesus uh, command some people, and they obey him. He even commanded a paralyzed man to stand up, and he was made able to walk. Uh, he commanded spirits to come out of people, and they obeyed him. And that was all amazing. 
But here, it's the wind and the waves. And that's a different category of thing, isn't it? Impersonal nature is able to listen and obey Jesus. Who can do that? Well, the answer is that he's the creator. The one who made the whole of creation. He's not just part of the creation like each one of us. He's the creator. If you're new to all of this, know that Christians believe that the world did not come about by chance, but was made by God. The account of it is right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. Everything was made by the command of God. The sea and the land and the sun and the moon and the the stars. All of the creatures in the land and on the sea and, and in the skies. All of it created by the creator. Christians believe that there is a creator... And we believe that one day he came into the world. Because only the creator who made the creation could be so calm when it goes chaotic. And only the creator who made the seas by his word could feel confident enough to speak words to the seas. Jesus is the creator in his creation. Now, we need not be too down on the disciples for not getting it. It's still early on in the gospel, isn't it? They're still learning. It's understandably unexpected. But we see the whole thing. From the rest of the story and the whole Bible, we know that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Creator. And we know what He came to do. He was bringing in the kingdom of God. He was bringing in salvation. And He does it. By his teaching, yes, but also by his death and his resurrection. You see, calming the storm is just one amazing thing amongst many amazing things in this amazing story. The creation does go crazy sometime. That's because the creation is under curse because of our sin. But the creator has easy power over it all. And he uses that power for our good. So then, maybe let's think about this. What should they have done if their faith was not missing? If they'd really known it was the creator in the boat, how could they have responded? Well, maybe they could have just sat it out. Jesus is in the boat. He's asleep. Okay, he's calm with all of this. Maybe we should. Why don't we try and get some sleep as well? It's a bit extreme, isn't it? But it'd be faith. Maybe they could have woken him up. But instead of panic, they might have expressed their trust in him. We know who you are, Jesus. Uh, You've got this. But maybe also they might say... We're still scared though, Jesus. Could you, could you give us some assurances? Perhaps could you do something? That would fit with faith, wouldn't it? Or look, maybe they might still have panicked. Sometimes as created beings, the creation is just too scary for us. Too sad, too much for us. So in faith, they wake up Jesus and and maybe they cry out, we're scared out of our minds, Jesus. We can't do anything. You're our only hope. 
Because that is faith too. It's turning to Jesus, trusting in who he is. However it comes out, faith is dependence on Jesus alone as the one who has power to save us. Maybe in our chaos we can learn to stay calm, or maybe we can't. But as long as we turn to Jesus, that's faith. I suggested at the beginning that chaos often draws out faithless responses from Christians. That's probably quite negative. I I don't think it's always the case. I do see faith from many of you in times of chaos. In the moment, your faith does prove real. And I think about myself, I know there have been plenty of times when I've gone the wrong way, reacting badly, trying to solve things by myself, or, 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 or doing something that I shouldn't. But you know, in one of the worst ever uh, experiences I went through, when, uh, when the boys were being born and, and just everything was going wrong, the doctors were running everywhere, I was panicking. Well, from somewhere deep within, Psalm 121 came to me. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I prayed that, and I recited it over and over again, until finally everything was calm. Even in our panic, we can find real faith. So let me suggest what it might look like for us. The basic pattern of faith will be to know who Jesus is, the Creator, the Lord, the Savior, and then to turn to Him in trust, in our need, and ultimately to stick with Him and His teaching. Because that's the background issue through chapter 8, isn't it? Will we stick with His teaching? Will we keep on listening and obeying Jesus? So maybe... There is a sort of personal disaster, a a big flood in your house, and it will be devastating. But we don't come out in despair or anger, either towards Jesus or towards others. Rather, we come to him saying, Lord, this is rough. I can't believe this has happened. Please help us now. Practically, please help us and provide for us and help us to keep the faith. And then summoning the courage each day, we pause and we read the Bible and we commit that day to the Lord. We're going to Him, not away from Him. It's worth saying um, that just because Jesus calmed that storm and He could stop any storm, it doesn't mean He will stop every storm. In Acts, the same disciples who saw amazing things in the Gospels didn't always get a rescue. Paul, for example, was even in a storm and was shipwrecked. You see, the things which happen in the Gospels are not promises for us. They are descriptions of what Jesus did so that we can appreciate who he is and we can see the power he has And we we can understand what he will one day do when he heals the whole world. This is all evidence of who he is and what he's come to do. So for us, with our storms, sometimes he says, yes, I'll stop it. 
But other times he says, no, I'm going to let that go on for good reasons, but now have courage and faith in me. So it could be a a fire or a flood, or it could be any of those annoying, chaotic things, the boiler breaking and the car needing a repair too. And in the mounting frustration, faith looks like praying again to Jesus, asking for help to stay calm and gracious and godly. Or losing your job unexpectedly, asking why. Why did this happen? Why did this happen now? But not just asking it to our friends, but asking it to Jesus. Because he's the Lord. And he actually knows. And he might not give us the answer in the moment. But we'll look back and see it one day. Or the prospect of these things, when the worry is overwhelming us. What does faith look like then? I think it's trying to be real and, and, and rational. What do we know? Well, unpleasant things might happen. We can't control it. We're just created beings. But we also know the Creator. He's our friend. And He's powerful. And He's good. And so, yes, we'll take some practical steps. We'll have the insurance and we'll have some savings. That's all fine. But more importantly... When we're overwhelmed with worry, we'll be praying lots to Jesus, telling him how we feel, expressing again and again our trust in him, and lying down, trying to sleep, knowing that we can, because he slept in that boat, in a storm. He's got it all under control. Look, this is pretty big stuff, isn't it? Um, For most of us, we're thinking about this in the theory right now, aren't we? Life is calm. We've had nice half-term holidays. Um, But for some, the chaos is present right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know who it is. I don't know what's going on for you. But it's overwhelming. It's chaotic right now. Well, I hope this picture of Jesus helps you. But also come and talk to someone about it. Tell someone what's happening. Tell them what it feels like. Find help from someone else. Because we do need each other. We need each other to have that faith in the chaos. We need someone to speak words of truth into our storms. So let's remind each other of who Jesus is when we're tempted to forget it. It's really big. But it is possible. The Creator is calm in the chaos. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending your Son Jesus into the world. The Creator came into his creation. And he showed us who he is. And he saved us and he made us his people. So Lord, please now help us. When we find it hard, when this world is chaotic and too much for us. Help us to remember Jesus. And to have real faith in him. For any today, right now. 
who are there in the thick of it, finding it hard, please, Lord, draw near to them. Please, Lord, might Jesus, your Son, the creator of this world, be very present to those. And please help us all to have faith in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.